Hello and welcome to Queer Media Pills, the podcast bringing queer media to your ears one small pill at a time. My name is Mars, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm your host. I would like to apologize if the sound quality is worse than usual. I don't know if it's gonna be. It's the first time I tried to record on my phone instead of uh, with my mic, because I can't use my mic right now. Long story. But yeah, let me know how this sounds, because I have no idea. And this episode is gonna go out, whether it sounds good or not, because I'm not gonna have any other way of recording until next Friday. So yeah, today we're gonna talk about the new animation that came out very recently, I think this month, I'm not 100% sure. This animation that came out very recently, it's Mitchell and the Machines. It's a Sony animation feature and it's so good, I had such fun watching it. And yeah, the concept is there's this girl who just graduated high school and is about to go on to film school, but her family isn't very supportive of her dream. Like, they're all happy for her, but they don't really understand the things she's into. She's like weird. She's a weirdo. She doesn't fit in. She doesn't want to fit in. Have you ever seen her without that stupid hat on? No, it's weird. But like, not in the broody way like Riverdale. She's uh, more the cookie weird character she's definitely um neurodivergent coded the whole family is neurodivergent coded which is something i really like like they don't use words specific to diagnoses like autism or adhd but it's very clear that the entire family is like autistic and or adhd definitely more on the autistic side they all other than the mom i can't really think of explicit coding in the mom I might be wrong but like the dad the younger brother and her are all strongly coded as autistic because they all have very specific special interests that they are super enthusiastic with and mostly bond with other people through them and really struggle making interpersonal connections and relating to others if not through that and especially the daughter the main character of the film she's really using film to express the ways she feels and like to process her emotions towards her family and everyone struggles with communication a lot so it's very relatable to me and also she's queer she's fairly explicitly queer like it's confirmed at the end, at the very end, that she's dating a woman, a girl, like a classmate from film school. But even throughout, before this quote-unquote confirmation, it's strongly hinted at she's super happy to have met this cool girl she's fascinated by. I think it was fairly explicit. Also in her style, honestly. Like, there's some small things about queer coding that every queer person knows what another queer person looks like. That I saw her. And I was like, even before anyone started talking, I was like, this person is neurodivergent queer. She just is. And she actually was, which is good, because uh, coding goes uh, only so far, you know what I mean? But yeah, the film is very nice. It's about this family being the last humans on Earth after the machines have awoken due to some weird uh, uprising caused by some company that's like a mixture between apple and facebook their leader is uh, 
some guy named Mark, which I'm assuming is a hint to Mark Zuckerberg. You can really see it. And the villain, like the big evil machine that runs everything, that's essentially Siri, is voiced by Olivia Coleman. And I only realized midway through, but I was like, oh my god, that's Olivia Coleman. That's so good. And I'm not sure, maybe it's because I live in the UK and I'm used to these accents and such. And also because I love Olivia Coleman. But honestly, I wasn't very intimidated by the robot because her voice is just so soothing and I'm like, yes, that's not an evil robot, that's my mom. But yeah, other than that, um, let's not psychoanalyze me about Olivia Coleman. I- I'm just gonna go on record and say she's a MILF. Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, the film is very fun. It's so clearly in love with cinema in a way that I found very heartwarming. Like, it made me remember, in a way, why I got into film to begin with. You know, like, I have a film production degree from my BA, and now I'm more, like, into analysis and criticism, and that's what I'm doing here. But I really love making films. That's that's the first thing. And... The, this film really shows that kind of love, and I really appreciate that, that it's enthusiastic about its own form. And, of course, using the character of someone who's just about to get into film school, and like, full of hopes and dreams, makes it very easy to convey this appreciation for cinema in such a... I don't know, wholesome way, I guess, because when you see films that are sad, even light-hearted ones or happy ones are about the industry, they're always a bit bleak in that the industry comes with its big sets of problems and everyone's aware of them, but right before you get in, there's there's this pure and genuine passion for the form that just... I, I, I was just very moved by and it might also be very personal because the girl is making her own DIY short films and a few of them involve a sock puppet and I'm working on a sock puppet led film like uh, the sock puppet is the main character of my film that I'm making right now so that was probably also like a way in for me but this idea of like just doing things for the fun of it not worrying if they don't look perfect because you're doing them that's that's something very warm like very nice to me and there's this idea of like what's industry standard and what's perfect and what's beautiful that hollywood told us essentially like hollywood standard of aesthetic and high quality projects isn't really about high quality is it it's about budget it's about a certain set of skills that you have to have and a certain set of machinery especially that you have to have to make something look cinematic and that's all good but I think art and cinema is an art but all art is way more about the spirit the soul the idea behind it and the way it transmits this idea than it is about any practical element and these films in the film the the main character does 
really really show that show how even without a lot of budget like she's just doing her in her bedroom but she's making such fun things that have so much soul and i don't know it just really 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 struck a chord with me i guess Another thing that I really liked about this film was the way it plays with animation formally. Like, there's a lot of moments in which it uses filters, like, you know, like Snapchat type filters on top, or it uses little GIFs and such that really break the fourth wall in a way. Like, they look like something made from the internet, they're very young. They're very modern in a way that shows that the makers are aware of what's happening in terms of form. They is innovative because of the new technologies, and I think that's very important. And it also uses some live action, like some real um, people footage, like photos and clips, in a way that was very creative, I think. Like... I don't know exactly how to explain it. I do really think that it's worth a watch. I loved it. I think I rated it four stars on my letterbox. And while I've covered in my last episode that day isn't really um, a good meter of judgment because on letterbox I will just put ratings based on how giddy made me feel by the end. Like it's like, oh, I liked it five stars oh i didn't like it one star i do not care about the technique at all when i read on letterboxd i have this one friend actually who's like um she really cares about the letterboxd ratings and it's like oh yeah but like i enjoyed it but i think technically they could have done this thing better so i'll take half a star off and blah 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 and it's like and it's like uh good because then that kind of rating gives us an idea of whether we should watch a film you know when i look up a film on Letterboxd, I want to know what people actually thought of it, but I don't care when I give my own judgment, it's just I liked it and that's what truly matters to me but yeah this was worth my four stars on a technical level too I really think, on a level of storytelling the, the, the story is critical of like hyper technology and the technological world we live in while not ending up being that classic boomer narrative of like, oh, phones bad. Because it's not phones bad. Uh, that's Phones aren't a problem. The people behind the phones who make all those uh, weird policies that we always skip are, the people using the phones in a certain way can be a problem. But like, the machinery itself is not the problem, obviously. And I think... I think this film really does a good job in balancing the critique of the technology with an awareness that the technology is here to stay, first of all, and integral to the way we exist at this point, uh, and doesn't just go back in my days, uh, which is uh, an angle it could have very easily slipped into, so I really appreciate it didn't. But yeah... Uh, I do have a few critiques of like, especially the coding, like I said at the beginning, coding only goes so far, and I understand that this is a kid's movie and it's probably like, just having that one scene in which the main character mentions that she has a girlfriend now, was probably 
a big deal in terms of production, but it is 2021, it shouldn't be a big deal. And I don't want to blame the writers or producers on it, and I don't want to bring the writers or director on it because I'm pretty sure, like, I really felt something genuine coming from the intention of this film. So I'm pretty sure whoever made it really wanted this to be more canon. But I'm very wary of the fact that in 2021 a production company, whether it's producers or executive producers or higher ups even, didn't want to have anything more like, oh yeah, my girlfriend had been more early in the film. Mm, not great. Um, I do think kids deserve happy, wholesome representation. Neurodivergent queer kids, which recent studies prove that most queer people, like, not most queer people, but, like, there is a strong link between neurodivergence and queerness, so, like, a lot of queer people are also neurodivergent and vice versa, which I think is really interesting, there is definitely something there, but, like, so, yeah, that kind of kid deserves explicit, non-shy representation, and I would like to see more of it, more, quote-unquote, in your face, and I don't think it would be in your face, it's just a word that's coming to my brain now, but, yeah, you get what I mean, just, uh, just, just a bit more. This was a very weak attempt at representation. It was still nice. I appreciated it. The film was very good, but it would be nice to see more of it. I do absolutely recommend watching this film, and let me know what you think of it in the comments on Instagram and Twitter at Queer Media Pills. Also, I am on Tumblr at Queer Media Pills at Queer Media Pills, but I'm not really advertising on Tumblr, I'm more like existing on Tumblr, because if you try to advertise on Tumblr, like, no, that just doesn't work, that's not how Tumblr works. But yeah, that's that. I also have a website, QueerMediaPills.com, you can go check that out. I will be back on the podcast next Friday at 4pm, unless you think Saturday will be a better date, because I have noticed a slight increase in listens when I posted on Saturday last week due to personal reasons. That was like a ridiculous story, I'll tell you about it sometime. But yeah, so if you think you'd prefer Saturday, do let me know. Again, DM me anywhere. I am here and I will listen. But yeah, for next week it's still Friday 4pm. And until then, goodbye.